All right, everybody. Welcome to Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. This is uh, depending on how we release it. This is gonna be our second or third episode. I'm Shug, of course. Uh, Mooney will not be on this show. Uh, maybe sometime we'll get uh him and my guest that I'm about to present. We'll get all three of us on here and talk about some things but for today i have a very special guest um known this man for almost like 15 years of my life i could confidently say he is my oldest friend or longest friend he's not old same age as me well not not yet not yet not yet two months yeah i got you you got me by like two months yeah uh this is my man joel Joel, say hi to everybody. What's up, y'all? How's it going? Uh, me and Joel know each other from when we were in high school. We went to a Catholic all-boys school here in the Bronx. Um, we don't got to say the name, right? No, nah, I don't, I don't want to say it because I don't know where this conversation is going to go. And I don't want their name to be connected to the show. And, you know have a father this person and brother that person and so-and-so come like looking for us but don't you think let's just say let's just assume this goes somewhere and they remember us anyway if you think they're yeah. gonna come out and say something uh they could i mean but really and truly like as far as this episode goes i don't think we're gonna like we have anything bad to say about the school I mean, it was an annoying place to be. It was a rough four yeah, four years. Mm -hmm. But um, so me and you met. I I I was trying to remember if it was junior year or sophomore year. I want to say sophomore year because I think we. Uh, it was junior. It was, it was junior year. Yeah, because it was okay. um, eighth period. We both had Miss Beach English, but Mr. May yeah. was there. He was the substitute or whatever. He was not a substitute, but he was just there. I guess covering, yeah. huh? Coverage. So whatever, he was what a substitute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was there for coverage. And he just had, he wasn't even teaching the class because he was teaching math. He wasn't an English teacher, so he was in there. Yeah, but the usual teacher don't even really be treating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like baseball and because, you know, anybody baseball, I know football. me, you know. Yeah, you know me, like, usually with trivia and stuff like that, like, I'm a walking encyclopedia, not to, like, toot my own horn, but, you know, if you remember that uh, day, I was, an yeah, I was answering, I answered, like, 90% of the questions, so me and you was in this class, and we, we never really talked or, or nothing, I mean, like, you know, in our school, like, people's circles always used to be small, um, except for like the real annoying people, of course. Yeah. Um, Not just that, but so you was on the whole opposite side of the classroom because your right. name was B, and it's you know alphabetical order. I'm all the way on the other side. So like, yeah. if I was close to you, I spoke to you because if your right. name was Rodriguez or like Rojas or whatever, yeah. mine Romero. So I'm around R's and S's. I knew all yeah. the R's and S's. I didn't really know the A's and B's. Right. Like the Benjamins and the whatever. But yeah, go on. Yeah, That's so it. yeah, we was on opposite sides of the room and what what so happened was in this trivia contest I mean not even really a contest, it was just something to like kill the last like forty minutes of the day. And you know, I was answering questions and then you, you approached me afterwards and we talked about and you, you was asking me if I like baseball or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I like baseball. I like all the sports and stuff like that. And, you know, you're a Yankee fan. I'm like, yeah, I'm a Yankee fan. And then, you know, we we, we hit it off from there. Yeah, I just took it. Yeah, I just took it from there. Yeah, and then we had lunch. I, mean, I think the first time we killed period just after high school was when you were still living in, um, what was it, Dyer? Yeah. 
but even before that, like my last Yankee yeah. game was my last Yankee game at the old stadium was the one where we linked up. Um when Wait, I remember that, I think we yeah it was we against went, the twins with my father. Yeah, and you you were sitting with your daughter and you came and joined us. Yeah, and we hit it off from there and since then we basically been thick as thieves, had lunch together and stuff like that. And where we used to go and we spent a lot of time down on um Second Avenue. We used to spend time at a spot called Cabin. That's no longer yeah, definitely, definitely missed that. The other day, I, I, I like, dead ass forgot the name of it. <laughs> I was like, what was that place? Because right. I remember, like, the inside of it. Like, it was cool as hell in there. Uh, and I think they're closed now, so we they can let off. For a minute. Well, they're closed, so that's one spot we were in. But there's another spot that we used to hang out at that. Oh, I don't know, 13th. Yeah, uh, nah, about 13. We ain't say the we ain't say the whole name, so you know. But yeah, 13th, you know. We sometimes don't want to give friendly. publicity to people. Yeah, sometimes friendly, sometimes not. But there's another place we we frequented that um. Oh yeah, well, before I talk about the negative, Blarney. Uh, oh, as yeah, soon Blarney as this COVID is fun. yeah, as soon as this this COVID is over, we're gonna go see our girl um. Rose, if she's still there, if she's still there. Oh, yeah, still hopefully. There. You know, I hope uh, the the what's the, the marine? Yeah, the marine. The marine chick. I hope she's not there anymore. Yeah, she probably. Well, oh, God bless her. All, all love. The ones you don't want to be there is always there. Yeah, they're they they're, they're like, what well, they they're like evergreens. They're like redwoods. They don't move. For real. Yeah. Um. But Irish had an up and down relationship with that place. I mean, that was good for me. I ain't really. The only downs was just like when they kept changing the bartenders. That was about it. Yeah. Yeah. But like but, being there, the atmosphere was never that. It was like whatever. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I brought up like the bars and stuff we used to frequent because. You know, it's all ties into what we're going to talk about later on with, you know, the racism we face. And me and you had a conversation, you know, especially what was going on with the country right now. We had a conversation the other day uh, because we, uh, there was a video uploaded uh, different in different places that showed Washington Heights and it was basically chasing, it was uh, some some Spanish people chasing like black people out of their, out of their neighborhood. And, you know, I guess I, what, the, what the idea is, is that, you know, with the looting and stuff, they didn't want, they, they anticipating these, they anticipate, anticipated those people being <clears throat> agitators and basically wrecking their community, even though we see in some instances, it's actually like the police that's doing a lot of the um, offensive stuff to the buildings and and places like that. Hey, but we'll get into that stuff later. But um, just so the, we don't start off on such a hard edge, how, how you feeling about um, are you are you familiar with what's going on with the MLB? And the MLB Players Association, the owners and the players, about getting this this uh, season started up again. I saw something today, just today, but briefly mm-hmm. about like playing seventy-two games or seventy-six games. Like I said, I read mm-hmm. a piece. I don't even know. Like you might, you might have to brush. I let me know. Well, it's been they've been going back and forth. Yeah, you know, since you know the beginning of this whole thing. Um, as with all sports, you know, everything went to a stop, um, the first or the second week in March with the coronavirus, uh, when it really became, uh, very dangerous for people to leave the house and baseball actually is, you know, along with the NFL is one sport that hadn't started yet. Um, so they were, so basically 
on like the NBA and the NHL, they didn't have to put a pause or end to their season. They just had to push it back. But, you know, 1994, we lost a World Series to a strike. Um, uh, 1981, they lost the middle part of the season to a strike. I don't know if you're familiar with that. They had like a split season, and it was weird because I think two teams, one of them being the Cardinals, actually had like the best record for the whole year. But they only allowed the first two, the the first place team from before the strike and the first place team from like after the strike to make the playoffs. And the Cardinals had like the best record for the whole year and didn't make the playoffs. And everybody talked about how like unfair that was. But what's going on now is, you know, it's obvious you're not going to play a full 162-game season because we're now in the first week of June and the season hasn't started yet. Uh, They anticipated the season starting in July. And if they start in July, you know, that's usually the midway point of the season. That's during the All-Star break. You know, you're getting to the All-Star break. Um, so they've been having back and forth, but the crux of the thing is that the owners are basically crying poor, and they're not trying to. I, they had originally agreed in March when they stopped the season that whenever the season did start, the players would play for a prorated sum. So it's basically like, you know how how we work like an hourly wage. Like, if you meant to work five, you know, eight hours, but you only ended up working six, you'll get paid your rate for that six hours. You understand? Yeah. But that's another thing I heard. My bad, go ahead. Yeah. um, So, what the owners are basically trying to do is basically say, like, all right, well, you're not going to work the eight hours, you're going to work the six but you're going to do it for like half your hourly wage. And uh, the players are just like, nah, like we agreed to something, you know, beforehand you need to go back to it. Like once y'all agree on that, we could, you know, hammer down the amount of games. And, you know, obviously it's going to be a different year because you could see a situation where they only have like, Teams in the Northeast play teams in the Northeast. So you can see Yankees, Mets, Mets, Phillies, uh, I mean, Phillies, Red Sox, like, year-round. As as opposed to, like, what we're used to. So, like, like the normal, like, three-game series, that's over, right? Like, three-game series, yeah. four-game series? as a matter of fact, yeah, because um to like cut down travel i could because you know in like you know single and double a like they'll have like five game series yeah at a time so i could see them doing something like that like all right like this whole week seven games mets phillies seven games yankees red sox seven games orioles blue jays something like that that's the sound yeah i mean it's crazy and you know, like, how would you feel about that as a Yankee fan, knowing that, like, you know, the last three years, we basically, it's been proven to an extent that we were cheated out of, at the very least, the American League pennant. Right. Yeah, so how would you feel about the Yankees possibly winning this year under those circumstances, do it count as 28? Of course it counts as 28. Okay. I'll pose that question. I'll pose that question to you now. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'll pose that question to you because they will, the, the idea is since it's a shortened season, they would expand the playoffs. So the playoffs could end up having like 12 or like 14 teams in it a lot different than it, you know, it, it usually is. So you could find, you could end up having like a random two teams, like the twins and like, 
And I don't know. They might actually like cut out like the 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 leagues, and have it where like you could see like the Twins and the 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 Rays playing for the World Series. So that's why I ask if it, if it, in your eyes does it count? They didn't even before the whole COVID. Mm-hmm. I felt like we was gonna win, even if it's 162, we was gonna win anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Stands the same thing for this shortened season. 162. Okay. We could have played half. We could have played even more. We still don't win. The team was good enough. Yeah, I think so too. We got our starting pitcher when we needed. Yeah, and you took him away. Win from, regardless. You took him away from the team that probably poses like the biggest threat. That's what a lot of people forget. Yeah. But the we'll, we'll shows are under a lot of heat. They they. Nobody want to see them even play, honestly. Yeah, you know. And that's another thing, too, because with the COVID, you know, with the health safety measures, they're not going to, like, they're really going to come down on, like, benches clearing brawls. And what, like, a lot of people expected was, you know, the the Astros guys would have gotten thrown at a lot because you saw it in spring training, too. Yeah, they were beating them. Yeah, they was beating them. So... You know, now teams won't be able to act then they're on revenge. Not only that, but technically, from what I'm hearing, um, all of those season-long suspensions hinge uh, the GM, um, what's his name from Boston, uh, Cora, all of their suspensions, as long as they play a M, uh, what would be regarded as an MLB season, whether it be 50 games, 76 games, 82 games, 110 games, their suspension would be served in, like, this weird shortened season. Yeah. I don't see, like, I don't see how, like, all of this is, like, because I know it all started with the, very first moment when I even heard of all, all of this, it was mm-hmm. about the players complaining about money, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I can't relate to none of these million-dollar baseball playing. I can't relate when it comes to money, like, at all. I mean, well, if you can't relate to them, you obviously no, about, won't. Like, their money. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying if you can't relate to them being millionaires, I doubt you could relate to the billionaires that are crying poor. Well, and what exactly are they crying poor about? Because they're claiming that they lost X amount of money, but I mean, you know, anybody watching this could correct me if I'm wrong, but even though they're not playing baseball, right? The Yankees own Yes, right? They yeah. still, Yes is still playing. They're still getting ad money. The Yankee clubhouse shop. I mean, probably not the physical stores, but you could order online, Models, um, MLB.com shop. You could still buy Yankees gears. They're still seeing money from that. And so, those, the TV so you're contract. They could, still, they could still get paid. That's what they mean, right? Yeah, they're still like, like getting. The players they're still, they still get paid. They're still getting money. The 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 owners I'm talking about, like the players, they're not. They're trying to shortchange the players. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so what the players are saying is that, well, like for the Yankees, for example, let's say we're on the Yankees. Let's say Judge, right? Mm-hmm. Judge makes he would have made twenty million dollars just for the whole season, but they only want to yeah. pay him ten because it's shortened. So Judge is complaining, saying, no, "Yeah, it's." Revenue. It's a little bit more. It's a little bit more drastic than that. So if he was getting twenty million dollars, yeah, they're talking about only paying him like six. Six million. Yeah. All right. So so six million. So so put it so put it in this perspective, right? If you went to work, and you were supposed to be paid two hundred dollars for that day, and they only give you sixty. You'd be all right with that. In a shortened time frame? Okay, so then in our perspective, right? Um, 
And honestly, even you, you eBay, I'll take it. Because that nah, money, it, 60 is better than zero, in my opinion. Uh, okay, all right. It's, so it's not two hundred, but it's not zero. No, nah, but I'm I saying see, the work. I could either get two hundred or zero. But I'm saying you're 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 putting your health at risk. You're making them the I, same amount of money. Cause irregardless, like that TV, those TV contracts are already signed. The owners already have like divided that money, and they've already gotten that. Without a season, that money's not getting to the players. If you understand what I'm saying. I see now. But you know, like how you explain it, you know, you know, we could see both sides of um the argument. Yeah, of course. Both there's always two sides. I'm just saying, like how I know I couldn't like in terms of like just money wise. I was like, yo, I. I'm not even going to listen to these guys complain about what they got to get paid for. And I was just like, I'm sitting home on unemployment. Like, why do I help? I want to hear about y'all guys making money or not making money. Either way, yeah, and that's something they that's is to pay everything I can. Yeah, and that's something that they're, um, that's something they actually tried to use against the players too. They're saying like, well, a lot of countries are unemployed and y'all are complaining about money and Blah, 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 blah. And I, I just feel like it's a weird angle. But, you know, I feel like, you know, there's there's a lot of different angles to this. And yeah. I feel at some point they're going to come to some sort of agreement, especially when, like, the NBA is coming back, NHL is coming back, the NFL. You know, obviously their season isn't, until, isn't supposed to start until August, September. So they have time to, like, plan them starting up. And it's like, you don't want to be the only sport that has no, like, season going just because of, like, the money situation. Right. All right. All right, bro. So what I wanted to spend a lot of time on this, this um, on this show is um, racism in relation to, you know, what's going on in the country. So, as I stated early on in the show, uh, you being a dark-skinned Dominican-Hispanic person, you face a lot of racism and colorism uh, in the Hispanic community. So, I just wanted to hear you talk on that. Well, Well, I guess, like, a story I start off with, it happened when I was, like, just eight or nine years old. I was in third grade. It was uh, this argument. I don't remember how it started, but it was like this black girl and you know one of the Dominican girls. The Dominican was light skinned. I don't remember honestly what the hell the argument was. All I know is at a certain point the Dominicans was on one side and all the blackers was on another side. So I'm in my seat, my naturally seat because it went by alphabetical order. So I sat where I was supposed to be seeking, but for some reason. Like I said, all the Dominicans are on that side. I wasn't mm-hmm. chicken side, but that's what it looked like, I guess, to the black kids. And again, I'm the only one, one of the only dark-skinned Dominicans in there, so I guess they felt like, oh, he wants to be Dominican instead, or he's choosing them because he's more comfortable, happy. And it's the total opposite, honestly, because just naturally, I always mm-hmm. felt people with my skin tone. I always felt more comfortable with them, period, regardless of their, what they were. It's just naturally, I like seeing people with my skin tone. But mm-hmm. that day, I was just in my seat. And for some reason, all the Dominicans was on that side. But since that day, that I just always decided that I'm not picking any size. Like, that's just stupid. Because I'm only an eight-year-old kid here. Eight-year-old me wishes I could have stood up and, like, Okay, I'm like, listen, I'm not even like that. I'm just trying to play. All I want to do is recess, blah, 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 all of that. But, you know, I was eight. And I didn't have that courage. I didn't know what was going on. And on top of that, I had just got back from DR. Yeah. So I was extra, like. You was extra dark. Yeah, I was, like, extra Spanish, all of that. Yeah. And that's another thing, too, like, the whole, just going to my house. Like, everything was Dominican, 
Spanish music, the bodegas. I grew up in the Heights. The whole atmosphere was the Spanish, everything. So that's all I really yeah. knew. Yeah, that's why I actually seen uh, um this girl posted her um her uh, uh video of like her boyfriend, and her boyfriend is like Dominican. He's speaking Spanish, but you know, obviously being around you and being around a lot of my Hispanic friends, you know, you could kind of piece together like what they're saying. So I guess she asked him like how he how she felt about you know Dominican people saying like they're not black. And basically, the boyfriend said in, in Spanish, he's like, what the fuck you mean, like, we're not black? Like, look, you think the police give a shit when you're, you're black? You think they're going to hear me talk? You know, so how you could say, how, how like, you know, basically, like, them people are saying that are idiots because the first thing the police see, or the first thing anybody see, really, because, like, if I didn't hear you speak, Joel, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking you're going to sound just like I sound. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? No accent, no nothing. So it's kind of crazy that, you know, within the, from my perspective, within the Spanish community, that, you know, it's like the colorism thing where it's like if you're light, it's fine. And if you're not, you know, you know, they treat treat you the, the way they are treated you. So that's just the way it is. Period. Like lighter skin is always everybody gravitates to lighter skin. Everybody always wants lighter skin. They think light is the white gray or whatever. Mm-hmm. Period. Latino community, all of that. Yeah, and all of it yeah. too. Like it, it really have to do. All with of like, that is brain. Well, like brainwashing too. Yeah, it definitely like is the because Spaniards, this is what guy. You know how? Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I didn't go to school. But uh-huh. here in this country, United States, we're in the first oppressors, the English. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the English, you know, obviously, first first and foremost, Native Americans was already on this. They were already here. Mm-hmm. When the English came, obviously, raped and murdered, pillaged the mm-hmm. Indians, brought in Africans, raped them, killed them, made them build the country. Mm-hmm. Do all of that. Am I right? Yeah. The same thing happened in DR. But instead of English, they were Spaniards. Right. Instead of Native American, they were Tainos. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they brought in Africans. It's the same thing. So the Spaniards are the oppressors, and, you know, in the Latino community. Right. Right. So the thing is, like, for some reason in the Hispanic community, and again, this period, everybody for some reason just wants to acknowledge their oppressors and not like the ancestors. Right. That's how it is really in DR too. It's just in the Hispanic community period, there's a lot of white brainwashing. They try to hide yeah. the fact that they are Africans and Native, you know, Native of the country. It's the same thing. Right. Same thing that happens in the North happens in the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's why a lot of those, you know, Dominicans, a lot of us, and I'm not speaking for, you know, I'm Dominican, I'm not speaking for Puerto Ricans or whatever, even though it happens with, you know, all ethnicities. Yeah, you can only really speak on only Dominicans, yeah. Yeah. That's how it really is, honestly. Like, somebody sees somebody white, oh, okay, you might be nicer, you might be this and that. Nah, that's mm-hmm. not the case. Cause like I said, like I could, there's been times where I walk into a bodega, Spanish bodega, mm-hmm. but let's say it'll be in Harlem, not in the Heights, in Harlem. Cause I spend, you know, most of my time in Harlem too. So the bodega guy, he's looking at me automatically with these eyes. Like, I hope he's not here to do no funny shit until I bust out the Spanish. And then it's like, oh my God, he's so like happy and comfortable. I'm like, now, that makes me uncomfortable now to go come in this store. Yeah. Because you already judged me. And not mm-hmm. just that, but I wonder how many people you did that to, how many like blackers you did that to. And they found out I'm Dominican and they want to press me because the bodega want to press them about being black. And I'm like, yo, nah. 
So it's like a chain of events. Yeah, so it's like a double-edged sword. Yeah, like... It's like a, a different experience. It, it's a different experience. Because, <laughs> you know, um, you know, like you say, you can't, you can only speak from your experience. Like, I always tell people... Like, I remember when I was a kid in um, St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands, when I was in school, we did a Rosa Parks um, play. Like, we made, like, a, like, cardboard bus, and it was crazy. And here's the weird part about it. See how dark I am? I played the bus yeah. driver. <laughs> <laughs> I played the bus driver in a play. Uh, and the bus yes. driver was white. Exactly. <laughs> like a white man. Mm-mm. All right. So, you know, here's a, here's a story I want to share. Um, I won't even say it's my story to share. I was just involved. You, you was probably the main character in it. Um, you know, what got lost in um, the death of George Floyd and the protesters, like, made not little less than a week before, it had that incident in Central Park with the the white lady and her dog. And excuse me, and a black gentleman also walking in the park in Central Park, which is, if you remember, this city's history with Central Park white class. women. Yeah, with white women in our park, you know, it, it it's a very um uh a very uh I don't know a a, a very incendiary just, place it, it for race relations. Anxiety all over again. Exactly, because uh, you know I'll tell violent. you what I'll tell you, Joel. I, I pro- I've lived in New York for twenty twenty one years. Um, this August. I've only been in Central Park maybe like three times. I don't, I don't remember. Like honestly, I can't count either. I've probably been mm-hmm. there like twice. And even then, I never really like walked inside of it. But you know, um, the Exonerated Five aren't really um the story aren't isn't really involved in a story. I just wanted to say that to give context to you know the incendiary nature of Central Park and white women and black men and, you know, involving the police. But uh, this lady was walking her dog and the dog in in that area of the park. And I I don't know of the whole park, but there's, you know, leash laws. Like you're supposed to have your dogs on leash. I think you can only have your dog off the leash in like specific areas. And you know, the gentleman was pointing out to the lady, you know, you're supposed to have a leash on your dog. And, you know, me personally, I, I would have just mind my, my business. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I looked at it and I thought about how many times, like, you're doing something and, like, a white person is like, oh, what are, what are you doing, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so, so that's why I, 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 I could see where that gentleman was coming from, but you know, she felt some type of way because he was telling her, like, she needs to put a leash on her dog, whatever, whatever. So she opens up her phone and says, I'm going to call the cops and say, this African-American is harassing me and threatening me, blah, 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 blah. Luckily, the gentleman had it on tape, and I believe his sister posted it, and the 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 crazy part about it too is like she's holding her dog by its collar all yeah, while this is going on. Choking her dog. And she's basically Michael Vicking the dog. <laughs> the whole time in the I video. She's choking the dog. She has the dog. Yeah. The dog was almost like like she was about to put it over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like the leash over her shoulder. Um Yeah, so there was an incident. I mean, yeah, there was an incident with me and you, we went out to a bar that uh, one of our, you know, oldest friends from high school, uh, he was a bartender there at the time. I'm not sure if he still is today, but um, we were waiting, waiting online for the bathroom. There was like three bathrooms 
Um, or two. Was it like two? I think it was two. It was three. It was three? Yeah. So one was occupied. Um, and all three of them were occupied. So we were waiting. I mean, you were standing outside the bathroom talking, whatever. And people kept on coming out of like two of them, but you know, one of them. One of them was like, it just didn't open. It was like broken or something. The door was broken. But the other two oh. was, they opened. Yeah, Nothing so then one. with the door. Yeah, so so the one was occupied. So the one bathroom was re- rendered on, you know, out of order or for or whatever. So basically, to us, it was only one bathroom. So somebody comes out of the one bathroom, and um, I think did I go in first or you went in first? I think you went in for aunt. It was either you or aunt that went in first. Yeah, and then we came out, there. and we came out, and I and yeah, it might yeah, it might have been when Aunt was there, because I think that's why we were still situated outside of the bathroom and we didn't move. So I went in, and then you or Aunt went in, and then whoever didn't go in went in last, and then we came out, and finally, the one bathroom. That the one bathroom that the door wasn't messed up, that was just occupied for like the longest while. This girl and this guy come out of it. And what happened from there? So I'm standing there waiting for again one of you to come out. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it was probably yeah, it was you now, remember. It was you. You was the last to come out. All of a sudden, just like I'm standing there. The two who came out of the bathroom that was there forever. Right. This white girl came out and her like this other dude, the white dude came out. So the white girl was just staring at hard at me, like grilling me from the moment she came out the door, like just pissed off. I didn't say nothing at first because I already know that look. I already knew that look. And I knew my mouth and my attitude was drinking. I already knew I probably would have said something in her. So I just kept my mouth shut and she just kept talking. Why are you not getting like she kept like complaining why we was banging on the door, this and that. I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, you was there forever. Like you need to hurry up. That's all I said. And she goes storming off. Me and well, Aunt is arguing with the dude. Me and him mm-hmm. are arguing with the guy. So like I said, the white girl just storms off. She gets some, I guess like a manager. Of the bar, I don't know who he was. No, I think it was another bartender. It was like, cause remember, um, our friend was on break. Yeah. And it was one of it was the one bartender that was left on a bar. No, I think somebody came to relieve him, along with this bartender. So that bartender left the bar with the, and he came with the girl. So he got him. She got him. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like, he's in my face talking about you got to leave the bar because she said you put her hands on her. And no, I know she her actually, she actually, she, no, she actually said he hit me, like, right in front of all of us. I know to me, he said it mm-hmm. first to me. He said it first to me that, oh, she said that I hit her. I ain't mm-hmm. even hear that. Like, that's the first time I'm even hearing that she said it in front of us because I ain't hear that. All I know is I see this dude in my face and... I just want him out my face because now you coming to me with some bullshit lying talking about I hit her I hit her and I was like eight feet away from her. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even put not one hand on her. She was the one that came out with the attitude. And like I said, I was already drunk. Well, I'm the I'm a Dominican and Upper East Side. Anything I say is I'm just gonna be my fault. So I just kept my mouth shut. I didn't say nothing the whole time, and then I'm still wrong. She's gonna say I hit her, and like I said, I was like eight feet away. Yeah. So I did everything. I, I, I didn't say nothing. I didn't like, respect her. There was like four or five people watching this whole interaction, including like the guy. Because I actually, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but even the guy she was with was like, "When the hell?" You know, he had like a like a astonished look on his face. Like, all right, what are you talking about? That didn't happen. Yeah, yeah he was like, he was like, "What the hell?" You just wanted to get out of this. Yeah, and then um, 
So yeah, I think we all like agreed, like you know, it's time to leave because you don't want things to get worse. And luckily, our friend came back from his break, and you know, I told him I was like, you know, because I I didn't want to leave without paying, especially you know, knowing like a good friend of mine works there. So I told him I was like, all right, you know, me and Joel and and we gotta leave. Um. Let me just pay our bill and we get thing. And he he was like, "Where y'all? You know what happened? Where y'all going?" I was like, "Oh well, your 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 coworker said we had to leave, cause this white girl said Joel pushed her, and even he, cause you know obviously from us knowing each other all of these years, he's like Joel pushed her, cause you you yeah. very like it ain't in your character, you know what I'm saying? And you know he he luckily he smoothed things over." Um, and you know, we, we barely went there afterwards, but even when we did the, the other, the bartender that I did try to kick you out, like he would try his best to avoid us. No, yeah, well, me specifically. Yeah. So, like I said, you as a man, you shouldn't just period come up to another man and just automatically assume that happened. Like, did you see her? Any scars on her? Is she crying? If I would have, if she, if you, all right, you remember what this girl looked like, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, built in all of that. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I'm not that, I'm not that like brolic or nothing. But either way, this girl was so small that if I would have hit her, you would have seen a mark on her. Something on her. So it's yeah, like, like if she if she you automatically taking her side because she's a white girl and you saw me. And like, if she if, if she line. did get. If she did get hit or some or pushed or whatever, like somebody would have heard her scream or something, and yeah, it never did. But I mean, it just show you like the. I mean, I don't I don't know why. It's like that, but you know, you know, people say. You can't go to extreme levels, but you think of like Emmett Till. You know, this white woman said, like, he, he whistled at her. He's a little 14-year-old boy visiting family. This white woman said he whistled at her. You know, her husband and her brother-in-law grabbed him out of his house, beat him to death, and then shoot him and just leave him uh, to drown in a river. And then fast forward, you know, that woman is still alive. This is 1955. That woman's still alive. And like a couple of years ago, she admitted that he didn't even say yeah, anything yeah. to her. So, you know, that's why people like and, soon after that. Wasn't I'm that like sure. really like kind of like a death button? I thought, I thought she died after that, but yeah. I don't, I don't think she died, but I think she's up in our age that she knows, like, you know. Well, yeah, that is, guilt is going to come out regardless. Yeah, death is like hanging out, hang, hanging outside our house, and he's gonna get her at some point. But you know that's why people have to go to the extreme. And if you look up like a whole bunch of the lynchings that's gone on in the country, like since the Civil War, a lot of them start with like white women just blatantly lying on black men. So oh, I just wanted to, t- I just wanted to touch on that because you know the other day. Um, my sister had posted um, instances of racism that happened to her. Now, mind you, this is my sister. I some of these things I'd never heard of till she posted them, and I texted her and I said, you know, I, I messaged her underneath her post, and I said I never knew this happened. So me and her talked afterwards, and you know, she was like, yeah, this happened. Um, what about you? And then I told her about different instances of racism that have happened in my life. And, you know, I'll get into those, like, maybe sometime in another episode. Um, but I, I, I spent the time afterwards hitting up all my friends because, you know, we know, you know, from hanging out with each other, we obviously have a lot in common. But one of the things we have in common, unless we experienced it together like we did that time, you know, we never really talked about. So I wanted to hear that from from 
you know, you guys as well as my other friends. And I encouraged a lot. You know, I was going to write a post encouraging. Um, other, I don't like, I would have, like, I don't want to go broke on other speakers. It's just like that anxiety. It just brings up mm-hmm. mad anxiety. It brings up shit. You don't want to rethink because it's just like, yo, it was dumb to begin with. That's why people don't want to talk about, you know, their racist experience. Yeah. Because that anxiety, that anxious, it takes you right back to that same place. And it was crazy because, you know, actually, I'm a, I'm, I will go into one um, just briefly um, since you brought that up about how it made you feel at that time or how it makes you feel to look back on it. Um, when I was 13, before actually, before I went to Hayes, when I was like 13, 12 and 13, I was in a program that my mom's coworker, um, who is Asian, she, um, her daughter was involved in a program that did, uh, digital like video production. And, you know, as, as you know, like, that's what I wanted to do, filmmaking. And... I was involved in a program and for about a year and a half, for about two years. And we had a, a presentation during like Fleet Week or something like that at the Intrepid, um, the museum here in New York. And the main person in the, 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 the head guy for the group he was like a half Asian, half white guy. And um, it's crazy because if you remember at the time, like we hated, you know, the Red Sox and Johnny Damon, how he looked when he was a Red Sox. I could stand Johnny Damon with his beard and hair and all of that. Yeah, crazy. this guy, this guy looked exactly like him. And ironically enough, if ever, anybody I know is with those, i like, one of the biggest LeBron James haters, but God damn it, Joel, can I get a fit off? Uh, you know, I like to dress fly. So this was like LeBron's like rookie season. So I had the LeBron Cavaliers jersey with the matching hat. And I was wearing my hat front ways. And we were supposed to hand out like flyers to tell people to come watch our video. To, to, to watch mm-hmm. our videos that we made at the Intrepid. So he comes to me, like, grabs me by the shoulders, and he's like, wait, Shabon. Um, takes my hat, turns it around back way, backways, like, moves it from my face a little bit. And he was like, all hey, right. He, like, he touches you, he actually touches you. Yeah, like, put his arm on my shoulders, like, turn my hat around. He was like, all right. Now go, because you might be, he, 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 this is what's his words, how I was dressed. He was like, because you might be scary to some people, right? So I went about the day. So I went about the day, um, handed out my flyers, and I just remembered, like, going back home and then just telling my mother, like, yo, like, I don't want to be in this anymore. Like, that put me off from it. Like, that very small instance of racism and ignorance like turn me off from you know doing something that I had like a passion for and I was involved with and that's horrible because yeah, you and was look, young when that happened yeah and looking back on it it's even more hurtful because you know, who knows if I would have stayed in that, like it could have opened up so many doors for me that I never opened. Um, and it was all off of like one person. So with that, like, I just like hope like any, um, I won't even say white, I would say just non-black people watching and listening to this. Like, just think about how you interact with, um, people of a different race and just be respectful of their culture. Like, I don't think I've ever, I mean, maybe I have, but I don't think I've outwardly looked at somebody and been like, Oh, like, you know, I see a Muslim person. Oh, why are they wearing like that turban? Like, why does he, why was her eyes covered? If that's, you know, if that's, 
what they want to do or if that's part of their culture, like me, I have to respect it. Cause I wouldn't want anybody telling me like my way of life is not like the way of life to live, you know? Right now I got on a do rag. Like somebody could, oh, he's a gangster or something. I'm like, yo, I'm doing this cause I, I don't got a haircut. Yeah. Somebody could be, this could be like a gang thing to somebody right now. If I walk outside. Yeah, and, and like all I'm doing, I'm wearing it because I don't get a haircut. I'm like, yeah, what's the problem? It's just, it's just stereotyping and just like, um, institutionalized racism. Because you know, when you go on job interviews and stuff, like you can't dress a certain way, you can't talk a certain way. Yeah, but the last thing I want to talk about is um. When I when I posed that question to you about you know telling me about racism that happened to you, um, you told me some stories of a job you had that required you uh, going to different places and going door to door and yeah. just talk about some of the racism you encountered just from like doing like your job. <laughs> Before I even start, like disclaimer, like granted. This job was like commission, so there wasn't like really much money into it. Like the car we drove to go to these areas wasn't really that like friendly looking. So okay, I can understand the suspicion, and on top of that, you know the people in the car are you know obviously black and Hispanic, well black and Hispanic whatever. We had a few. Probably like probably two like white dudes, but whatever they was rarely with us. So yeah, like there's just areas where we will run up like all of a sudden before we even get out the car. There's already cops like at the neighborhood. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Oh, the cops is just explaining. Oh, we just got calls that you guys look suspicious. And, you know, this neighborhood, there's no soliciting around here, what have you, which is understandable. You know, nobody wants to be bothered. Nobody wants Mm -hmm. to be solicited. But it's just the idea that if there was white people in this car, I know the cops wouldn't be called. Because it would have just been like, oh, well, they probably look lost or something. But the fact that, you know, we black and Hispanic in this car, before we even step out the car, there's already cops, like, following us. And there will be... All right, let's just say it didn't happen that drastic when we already outside walking. All we really have is binders and badges that shows that we're working, we're doing something for the community. And mm-hmm. same thing, we'd get cops caught on us. I'm like, yo, what's going on? What's the problem? Owner suspicious, just getting calls that you guys look suspicious. You're walking around. I'm like, and even the cops, like when they're explaining this, when they see us, even they're like shocked. Like, I don't even know why we're here right now. Thankfully, you know, the cops was on that type of time. It wasn't on yeah, the whole, you guys are suspicious. You know? <laughs> but it's just thank the fact God. that you guys are calling the police on people yeah. without knowing what they're here for. Like, you're automatically assuming they're here for trouble, especially when they're back in his back. People got to cut that out. Like, we're here just yeah. for work. We're not here to harm nobody. Mm-hmm. And it was, like I said, like, there was one time I was with this customer. I had knocked on his door earlier mm-hmm. and I wanted to speak to him about like, you know, seeing his bill, his electricity bill. He said his wife was the one that pays him. So respectfully, even though I could have just, it doesn't matter. I could have yeah. just spoke to him. I wasn't going to be respectful. I'm like, all right. So I'll wait for your wife comes home. I'll come back later. Long story short, I came back later, spoke to him again. His wife was there. I hear her in the background. First, he lies and says his wife's not there. But then since I heard him in the background, that's when I was like, all right, now, like, what's going on? What's the problem? I just want to make sure, mm-hmm. you know, your, your bill is good. I'm not here for no problems. But, again, I ain't want no problems. I said, I, I'll, see you another, I'll see you another day, even though I was going to leave. I wasn't coming back to that place. So behind the closed door, I hear his wife ask, who was at the door? And then behind, again, mind you, the door is closed. It's not yeah, open. But you hear it loud enough. But I hear it loud enough. And then he goes, again, his wife asks at the door. He goes, oh, one of these stupid niggers 
I'm like, whoa. First mm-hmm. time I've ever been called a nigger by a white person. Mm-hmm. Period. Like, I'm like, that's weird. Also, like, where did that come from? Yeah. Because, like, I wasn't even here on no bullshit. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I was here for. You saw me earlier in the day. It was no problem. You didn't give, like, a hint that you didn't, like, black people or whatever. So why all of a sudden, like, did your wife, is your wife the real racist? Are you the real racist? What's going on here? It's like yeah. questions like that. You, you start questioning people's fight like that. Yeah. And then, again, like, his neighbor, I think, lived behind because it was, like, one of those two-story houses or whatever. Like a so he lived, like, in, yeah, he lived, like, in the back. And he was a cool dude. I spoke to him. I'm like, yo, you know this? Do you know your neighbor here? He said, no, but the way he said no, he meant like, yeah. I could tell yeah. he really knew him. He didn't want to admit he knew him. But then that's when I explained to him about he just called me a nigger behind closed doors, this and that and third. Like, I'm mm-hmm. still upset. Like, I really, even though I know I'm in his place, I still want to kick his ass regardless. Right. So thankfully, the dude who lived behind him, another white guy, he was cool. He was like explaining how he was in the military and he himself doesn't understand why people are like that because in the military he's gonna expect like a, a black man to have his back and be on the battlefield or whatever yeah so it was like so like it was one of those moments like it was like so bad in the beginning mm-hmm. with a white person but the white person right behind him was good or well he explained himself better yeah he could still not like black people but at least he's not on no oh you're a nigger yeah but it still doesn't make it any better though because he's supposed to he's supposed to stand up if somebody would have told that to me i would have knocked on the dude's door like yo you owe him an apology right now yeah like you owe him an apology right now. that was disrespectful i know it's yeah, your I, house I, or whatever that, but that's still disrespectful i would have i would have had enough courage to knock on my neighbors so like nah, you if somebody would have called you right now you're born a nigger i'm mm-hmm. like nah 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 you're going to have to apologize right now. Or it's going to get worse. But like I said, nothing happened. It was mm-hmm. like, I just left. Because at the end of the day, I was upstate New York. I'm from the Bronx. So it's like, yeah, you just got to go. Right. And that neighborhood was like one of those. Like I said, upstate New York is crazy. Dude. You're going to have like, you're going to see a whole bunch of people just mixed together. like, But yeah, they all right. have their own id like their own ideas it's crazy because that white he was the only white dude in that neighborhood mm-hmm. the rest was puerto rican but yeah. he was the only white dude there so i'm like all right so when i'm not here are you calling all these other puerto ricans niggers or six or something what are you doing yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying so you secret you, you you live in a secret life with these people yeah well so you live in a secret life and you know yeah, I'll, I'll say New York is crazy because, like, I mean, I, I told you, I mean, I invited you last year to come with us to the um, to the state fair up in Syracuse. And I'm walking around the state fair, and, you know, they sell, like, hats and sunglasses and blankets and flags and stuff like that. And I saw so many Make America Great uh, Trump all of that stuff, Confederate stuff. When I was knocking on some of those doors, I was knocking on doors with Confederate flags just waving freely on their porch. And I was knocking on their doors, like... Yeah, and it, it's... Looking at the face of racist. And you go to... um, You know, when I used to go to school over there in Pittsburgh, like on a drive to and from, and even when, you know, me and my friends would drop around, you know, the the suburbs of, like, Pittsburgh, we used to see all kinds of, like, Confederate flags and stuff like that. And that's why a lot of people, um, they believe, like, up north or here in the northeast that, like, it's not racist, but it's not that it's not racist. They hide it a lot better than they do in a in the south there's a lot of people out you know in the south like those you you know where not to go like here in new york it's like 
yeah, you were calling uh, mixed in. Exactly. I mean, one one thing I I I tweeted out a couple of days ago. You know, obviously, a lot of times we spent together is you know we go to Yankee games at Yankee Stadium, and you know with baseball how much dead time there is in between the action. So you know you're just standing there and like you could hear the conversations around you. And a lot of times you'd hear conversations around you and make you think that you're in like Birmingham, Mississippi in 1946, like, how people talk. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. Just pure ignorant. And I, that's why I would, I would tell a lot of people, I go to Yankee games, I don't even high five other Yankee fans or really talk to them like long. I mean, some, you know, yeah, like every now and again, you will meet some like really cool people you know, regardless, but, you know, New York, the Northeast, the Northern parts of the States, all the, you know, the coastal elites, as they say, like, even these places, like, there's a lot of racism, a lot of bigotry that really doesn't get exposed or really is hard to expose just because, you know, people hide it a lot better. I mean, look at the president. The president's from Queens. And he's probably the biggest racist out there right now. Yeah, but yeah. The hell with him. <laughs> exactly, man. So, Joel, any um, like, final... He, he ain't no real New Yorker. You think he ever took the train, like, seriously, to call him a New Yorker? think Trump ever... Oh, hell, oh, hell no. Nah. And you know how it is. You know how... New York shit. You know how it is when you... when You you know how it is when you, you from, you know, the hood. Like, if your own hood don't respect you, if you go, if you if you go to different hoods and you the OG, you claim to be the OG in your hood, and you go to different hoods, and they find out that your own hood doesn't respect you, right? People know yeah, something's you up. You a clown? Yeah, people look at you as a clown, and he don't really he don't get no respect here. He does get respect from the same people that we just talked about, all of the people that are the closet racists. You know, the mm-hmm. closet bigots. Not like Charlemagne's a white cracker ass practice. Yeah. That's what they are. All right, man. You got you wanna leave us with any final thoughts? I don't really just get more this is just like a startup. Like you get more in depth, like future episodes. Oh this yeah. Is like definitely. You know, brushing up on things. Get more in depth later on. Yeah, um, Definitely, I might. I, I would definitely ask you to come in and fill in for um, Mike when he doesn't, um, when he can't do it, or even if it's a situation like this where you know the subject matter, um, you know, we could lean on you a little bit better than we probably could lean on Mike on, um, and maybe sometimes we could get all three of us because I don't think um you've met Mike. I don't think you've met Mike yet. But I think we go. He, he, you know, I'll vouch for him. He's a cool, cool ass dude. I think you like him, and we maybe sometime we could get all three of us on here. You know, this is only like the second or time, uh, third time. I'll talk about whatever. Yeah, you know this me. is the second. Oh, yeah, because okay. you, you know, you you like you know you you know about movies and baseball and um things like that, so. We could definitely all get on at some point. This is the second and uh, this is the second <laughs> or third time um we've done this and you know with every show we're gonna get better at it. Um but I just wanna thank you for coming on. I think this was far better than what I expected. I expected it to be excellent from the beginning and I think it went beyond excellent. Um you shared a lot. Cool, cool. For next time, this is Shug Me the Mooney. Uh, this is your boy Shug. I'd like to thank my man Joel for coming on today and yo, yo, yo. sharing his life experiences and his experience with me. Um, and we will see you on the next episode. And uh, we already started talking and working on that. So we're going to have a lot of interesting stuff for you guys to see. And. See ya. Later.